Welcome to the Connectivity Matters podcast, a series of interviews with key leaders throughout the industry, all brought to you by the Connectivity team at Newco, a specialist global recruitment and executive search firm. Welcome to the Connectivity Matters podcast, a mini-series special we're holding to put a spotlight on diversity and women in the industry. Your hosts today are me, Abby McMaster, an associate consultant here at Newco, and Alistair Wilson, a consultant here too. And we're so excited to be joined today by Maria Lemmer, a co-founder of Weaver Labs. Before beginning Weaver Labs, Maria completed her PhD in wireless communication and worked at King's College London, where she led growth and operations at 5G Tactile Internet Lab. She was a technical lead and led the 5G UK test beds and trial program. And we're so, so excited to have her with us today. So Maria, so huge welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. So excited to have you. Um, so to get us started, um, our first question that we love to ask is the same thing every time. And that is, how did you first get into the connectivity industry? <laughs> I mean, I would love to say that it was a long term passion for me <laughs> all of that and a career calling, but no, <laughs> it wasn't. Um, so I guess my brother was studying telecommunications um, and I, I mean, at 18, I didn't really know what telecommunications was or or anything related to to engineering. So I was just, you know, what what is this? I just signed up because it was close to my house. Uh, it was an engineering, which was something that I wanted to do. Um, so that that's how I got into studying uh, telecoms. But in in particular, how did I get into finding a career in, in connectivities that went towards the end of my studies, I started to um, study more system level. So mobile networks and and how we delivered actually this this full systems that, that created the, what the internet is. Um, and there I, I, I met very interesting people uh, working on research on that. And I, I really wanted to explore more and, 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 and learn more about that. And that's how I end, like I got into, into basically pursuing a career in research. So cool. So cool. And you mentioned there a couple of, um, so your brother and then some people that you found really cool. Um, what kind of impact has have those people had on your career and, and has there been kind of um, influences throughout the way that, that have um, navigated your path? I mean, obviously, right? So we are not isolated individuals. We are always surrounded by people who inspire us and and and, and help us through our our career and and and, and look forward to to what we want to become, right? So as a student, I had professors that inspired me and therefore I ended up being more motivated to uh, deep dive into those areas just because those professors inspired me a lot. Uh, that's exactly the reason why I ended up doing research in in, in system level 4G. Uh, it's because uh, a specific professor that I had, uh, a woman, I could see myself reflected in her. Um, is that thing that they tell you? No, know, if you if you see them, you can be them, right? And and that was exactly what what happened with me. Um, and and then moving on from that, it was oh, oh, I've always tried to find role models where I go. 
Um, and obviously at King's, I was surrounded by incredibly talented individuals across, you know, the, the research community, but also the industry and, uh, and all the partnerships that we had. So I was surrounded by founders and I mean, established business like Ericsson, um, researchers. So all of these people created, um, an, an environment where I felt very motivated and stimulated all the time. Um, and obviously nowadays as a founder, it's, it's really important to keep that, uh, as well by, you know, having a network of, of advisors and people that you can reach out. And in the last few years, I have been seeking more for women in, in tech and women in leadership positions to help me identify some of the, the issues that I have been facing lately. And, you know, it's, it's been incredible help also to know that I'm no longer in, in, in the issues that we're facing and that is not personal sometimes it's not towards me Maria it's something that happens to a lot of women um so I've I I, I think that um in your path you you come across people that help you in different areas because of course we're complex human beings and 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 we want and we develop a lot of aspects of our personality as we grow in our careers so these influencers or, or these mentors or these people that help, that have helped me, they have helped me across different aspects, more technology, leadership, uh, management. Uh, and, and, and I find myself now looking more for, for that, that, that kind of like um, helping hand in, in, in the women in leadership side. Yeah, for sure. That's amazing. I feel like people come into your life for different reasons, for different um, uh, motivations and that type of thing. And it's so, so lovely to have that kind of path leading you in the right way. Fantastic. And so um, just slightly different, but when you've obviously achieved a lot so far in your life, you've already got yourself a PhD and you're a founder of this company. Um, but what would you say has been your biggest achievement so far? I never think about those things and I always get a bit struck with a question because my biggest achievement, I would say Weaver Labs, it is continuously to be, right? It's not an achievement in itself. It's a, it's a, it's a journey. Um, it's a tough one, but very rewarding. And, and I think that that is a huge achievement in itself. The fact that Five years later, we're still around. Um, you know, not a lot of startups make it this far, and and I think it's a huge achievement that the team is still together and still pushing and and still, you know, working towards the same mission that we we set out to achieve five years ago. Massive, massive achievement! It's so impressive. Honestly, when you see it all come together, you you must just be so proud always. Um, Okay, yeah, fantastic. Sorry, okay. you didn't really see it all come together, right? Because you're always kind of struck in that micro view. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you really need to make sure that you lift your head up and, and see and look at what has been achieved in, in, in some period of time. But it's hard. Yeah, for sure. And taking the praise from others when you when they can see it and you can't. Mm -hmm. I think it's a massive thing as well. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm going to pass over to Alistair for him to ask you a couple of questions about what's going on now and, and the future. 
Super. Cheers, Abby. Um, so with 5G being around for a few years now, um, you know, the industry's changed a lot since then. We've gone through pandemic and come out the other side. Um, you know, wh where do you think, having looked at the industry, do you think that the biggest use cases have come from 5G in the last few years? It's a great question because like a lot was promised from 5G and uh, we're still, you know, trying to deliver I think the most important aspect of connectivity is to keep us all connected, right? And and to make sure that that we have we have access to to the internet, and and that continues to be the, the like the reason why everyone uh, uses networks almost every day. Um, and with five G evolving, we have seen a, a large number of industries adopting cellular networks in order to um, you know just get more productivity or business enhancements. And I would say that within 5G, the within 5G space, the industry that has advanced the most in that, I would say has been the transport sector in adoption. But I think we are still far from these, you know, cellular networks delivering those futuristic use cases and broadband connectivity which is what we use every day is still probably the most widely used use case for for the networks um but we are seeing you know now public sector jumping in and 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 and, and delivering connectivity to address digital divide and getting everyone connected something that it was it was strongly present during the pandemic as well right that if you don't have access to connectivity now you don't have you're not included in society um so there are still a lot of baseline problems that we need to solve as an industry before we even think about you know robots and and, and all of these cool stuff but we also need to be pushing the boundaries of what's there it's up to possible as well yeah absolutely and and you, and you mentioned there about you know the perhaps the the different industries and that are starting to adopt you know 5g connectivity and and particularly wireless connectivity and and you mentioned there you know it's it's important to keep our heads on the ground <laughs> but then also you know whilst we're perhaps thinking of the future and the robots and that sort of thing are, are there any aspects of 5g that you look forward to seeing in the coming years i think 5g has been a very groundbreaking technology for the industry, but not because of, you know, the reduction of latency and the increase in speed. It's because it changed foundationally how we are going to deliver networks. It provided that separation between hardware and software, and it brought in the narrative of supply chain diversification. And together with Open Run and, and other initiatives that have happened around uh, Etsy and, and, and more the sovereignization of the industry, that is what 5G has really unlocked and has given place to companies like us to innovate. So I think 5G is groundbreaking just because it changed the status quo uh, and it, it changed the way we deliver networks and they're based in software, which means that now we're open to a lot more innovation that we were in the past. So I'm really excited about that um, because I'm really excited about seeing innovation in telecoms, an industry that has struggled to adopt groundbreaking innovation because it has been always dominated by very conservative parties. 
understandably. Um, and and now because everything is based in software, opening up APIs and having multiple companies sharing, you know, software and, and information, it makes possible to adopt models such as the ones that the big tech uh, industry are adopting. So I, I I'm very excited about seeing the telecoms industry evolving towards a more software platform. Super. No, re really interesting insights there. And, you know, you kind of touched on perhaps what the future of telecoms can look like, perhaps from from that technical standpoint. But I think perhaps it's a good good segue into perhaps passing you back to Abby to look at how, yeah, the, the telecoms industry will um, evolve moving into the future, perhaps from yeah, a more diverse perspective. So yes, um, moving on to our topic that matters, and that's all around um, diversity and women in telco, and which is what this series is completely based around. So um, I'd love to hear your thoughts um, kind of on different scales. So firstly, I'd love to start off with, um, if you're happy to, sharing with um, us some of your kind of personal triumphs and um, some maybe challenges you faced it, faced in um, faced in the kind of telco industry being a female and um, getting to where you are now? I always say the same and I think the telco industry is male dominated but it's not a sexist industry. Um, I am very happy to say that I've never experienced you know the issues on on, on, on being a successful professional in this industry or, or getting my voice heard um, or, or people taking me seriously or, or, you know, all of these things, because I think here, this industry values, um, knowledge and skills. And if you know your stuff, people are going to listen to you, regardless if you're a woman or if you're a man or if you're young or if you're, or if you're old, because there are other, you know, also certain like, um, problems of diversity with age as well in this industry, it's not, not there is a lot of imbalances um in in terms of age as well so i've that that i think is something that i would really like to underline and also that i have met loads of inspirational women in this industry as well uh leadership in leadership positions as well from early on um and i've been around for quite a bit of time so i've always seen myself growing into uh, a leader in the industry because I have seen leaders in the industry in, in female counterparts. I've also had extremely good male mentors who have put me in positions that, you know, that allowed me to grow and, and to develop myself and to challenge myself. And, and, I, and, and I'm only thankful for that because it's taken me to the place where I am now. If you don't have anyone that really challenges you and, and takes you out of your comfort zone, it's impossible that you're going to grow. Nothing good happens there. So I think that it's an industry, telecoms is an industry that is, is very eager to have more diversity and more women and more young people. So that means that we're no one is attacking anyone because of their gender or their age. And, and I'm really happy about that. Yeah, for sure. And I think um, we've seen that um, just in response to the kind of this podcast, for example, um, the response we've had to this has been phenomenal. And I think that's such a reflection of um, kind of people's 
uh, want for it to get better and and um, desire for for change. Um, so I guess my next question would be on um, what you think needs to happen. So we're saying that this is it's all oh, everyone wants this to happen, but this still is kind of um, it is still very male dominated. So what needs to happen um, for this to for this to change? I think a few things. The first is that telecoms needs to be attractive to the young generation. Um, and for that, we need to start doing things that are attractive <laughs> and and, and and bring that kind of like more, more young vibe with startups and innovation and actually breaking the status quo and this kind of like more rebel approach that the big tech brought 20 years ago in, into, into the software industry and, and we can certainly leverage some of those learnings. Also, we need to show that there is diversity of skills needed in this industry. So why do we talk about just engineers? We can attract marketing professionals, we can attract uh, you know designers, we can attract all sorts of people from a lot of different disciplines into the telecoms industry. We don't necessarily need to think about the techie. And, and then the other element is to incentivize women to get into engineering because it's not, you know, it is actually quite rewarding. And that goes back to school and young education. And again, if you see them, you can be them. I think the telecoms industry is taking a great approach at putting more women in leadership out there. Just today, BT announced that they are going to have a women, you know, female CEO, which I think is 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 another great step in the right direction because it's it's bringing diversity into you know the the, the leadership teams, which obviously trickles down to to every everywhere in your organization, but. I also think the other thing that we need to stop doing is talk like tagging female CEO, female founder, you know, it's like, it's a job and, and, and it needs to be treated exactly the same as it would be treated for any other person. The other thing that I think is quite, uh, quite important to tackle if we actually want to evolve as an industry, it's the, the matter that female founded startups only attract 2% of the funding that goes out there. And and like, you know, I was saying the telecoms industries, it is male dominated, but it's not a sexist industry. The finance industry is male dominated and it's very sexist. And the KPIs and, and, and you know, the results are there. So if we want to incentivize women in leadership and innovation, we obviously need to fund them and we need to be able you need to make sure that companies led by women also get funding. Uh, and unfortunately, that comes from the finance industry. Um, so I really don't know how to change that. <laughs> but certainly, I know that without money, there's no nowhere we can go. Certainly, and it's definitely kind of industry overlap that's putting such a um, negative impact on on um, something that's actually going strides and strides forward. Mm -hmm. um, so in terms of kind of your own company now, um, are there any things that you feel you're doing differently or um, any initiatives that you would um, suggest to other companies to um, 
be more accessible to to women or or to um as you mentioned um kind of age kind of age discrimination that type of thing um do you have any kind of recommendations um for how how people can how companies can still attract diversity I mean, we're doing our best in terms of being open about what we do in a very simple way. We try to build community around our our product and our company. I think our marketing approach is very, very different from any big telco and because we try to build conversation and it's not about we post something and we expect people to just take that post. We expect conversation coming from the community. And, and that engages into, into a sort of, you know, we are accountable to this community and, and we want to hear their voice. And these are not telecoms people. These are tech enthusiasts that want to learn more about the, what, what are we doing as an industry? So. If, if, if we can actually talk to the younger generation through, where, where are they? They're on Twitter, they're on Telegram, they're on Discord, they're not on LinkedIn. And certainly if we go to uh, schools with a PowerPoint and expecting them to think that we're cool, we're just not doing the right thing, right? So if, if we want to be appealing to the young generation, and I, here I put everyone, you know, female, male, everyone, it's just... Everyone needs to think that, needs to be aware that what we do is actually quite interesting and and, and, and diverse in terms of, of disciplines and skills, and that there is a place for them in this industry. So if we want to really engage with them, we, we, we need to speak their language. So I strongly suggest everyone in the industry to start looking at better at their marketing strategies and adopt inclusion as not just you know a rainbow or or a female post in 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 the in, on march 8th but something that is long term and that builds community and conversation certainly certainly and i think um it's so important for for that community for other people to be able to see it and to for for example young um young women, girls in the um, wanting to get in the industry, seeing people like you kind of really still very young yourself and you're still doing this, these amazing things and kind of being such, such an inspirational figure, even um, though you're still kind of very young and, and um, being so successful at where you are. And so you mentioned earlier about, um, about networks and, and um, kind of creating these um, communities of kind of support and courage um how can other people get into these and how can um people find find these communities that are so supportive <laughs> it's hard building communities is is really hard um i mean twitter is a great place to start it's 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 where a lot of conversation happens um and partnerships with other communities help because you you do bring your community to their community so there's a strong Web3 community, for example, and within the Web3 community, there is a strong, you know, sustainability and gaming and, 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 and the good thing is that telecoms is transversal to all of this. So we can talk to those communities and we can tell them, hey, this is what we bring to the table and then, you know, start a conversation with them and bring them to your channels and then engage in conversation with them in those channels as well, right? 
Uh, there are tons of women in tech community, women that code uh, events that happen, hackathons. There's so many ways that, that the younger generation is showing interest in technology. It's just that the telecoms industry is failing to, you know, just grab on them. For sure. And um, do you think there's any kind of particular tech advancements or trends that you believe will kind of empower um, women and people that are trying to get into the industry um, slightly more? Well, as I said, I think software is, is a catalyzer of innovation in telecoms. And it is going to bring a lot more innovation in the space because it actually, you know, it, it, it isolates complexity of the network. So we're talking about AI, right? And there's so much AI going on. So now we can bring developers of, of the AI community to do something with all the data that we gather in the network, right? We can get more, uh, you know, data analysts to come and help us organize and, and, and sort our data in a way that it can enable intelligence. Um, it's the DevOps as well, right? That that can come and help us organize better our infrastructure. So opening up to the developer community is, is a big thing for us because A, it brings more skills and it brings a diverse set of, you know, thinking. It brings monetization opportunities because every industry that has, you know, engaged with the developer community through APIs creates a business model out of that. And and obviously it, it you know it expands the, the 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 innovation landscape for us and with that you expand the people that 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 are in, included in that. Absolutely, absolutely. No, that makes complete sense. Um, so with you um, kind of with your current 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 situation. Um, obviously Weaver Labs has been going for what, five years now, did you say? Yeah. Um, so what's the future for, for Weaver Labs, do you think? So our future is obviously, um, based on adoption of our products. Um, that's for us, it's, it's, we're laser focused on that. Uh, we're also introducing our Web3 capability, um, this year, which means that we are looking at a more flexible and agile telecoms ecosystem driven by blockchain. Um, and, and, and for us, our short-term goal is to, um, get into the KPIs of adoption that would let into, um, you know, more like national establishment in, in the UK and then looking at, at how can we bring this model outside of the UK. Super exciting. Super exciting for sure. Um, okay, thank you so much for that. I'm going to pass um, over to Alistair again um, because it's time to let the listeners know a little bit about you outside of work. Now, <laughs> um, got to know you a bit more inside of work. So okay. <laughs> Perfect. Cheers. So yeah, Maria, really keen to find out a bit more about you and yeah, what you what you enjoy doing outside of outside of work. So um what what to you would your perfect weekend look like? <laughs> it's gonna sound a bit weird. Um okay, so my perfect weekend, Saturday, um I do CrossFit, so I, I love training. Um so Saturday would be the day that I do long training sessions with a team. Um it's a lovely community and uh, I do love to spend time with them. So 
usually I do an hour of weightlifting and then two hours of team training after that. So that is absolutely glorious. And I love to be able to spend my time doing that. And then obviously after three hours of training, I'm quite tired. Um, so, but usually I like to um, spend time with my friends and, uh, you know, just around London, there's always stuff to do. I'm quite old now to go partying and, and you know, just like um, go out until very, very late. But enjoying a couple of cocktails and dinner with some friends. That's something that I always enjoy doing on Saturday. And then Sunday, I always like to take it easy, uh, big week ahead, um, reflect on and take time for myself, you know, meditating, uh, doing a lot of stretching and, and mobility work um, so that I make sure that I'm prepared for the next week ahead of training as well. So look after my mind as well as my body. Um, and obviously having also time to spend with my family or friends, that, that's something that I, I do enjoy doing on Sundays, but not quite, <laughs> I would say. So that, that to me is a perfect weekend. Sounds boring, but I absolutely love it. <laughs> no, it sounds great. How how long have you been doing CrossFit for? Uh, shamefully, three years because I'm not that good at it. it seems a long time. <laughs> yeah, it it uh, it seems pretty intense. We have a have a couple of people in the office that are avid avid CrossFitters, and uh, it certainly seems a little bit above and beyond what normally I you find myself doing in the gym. So yeah, definitely yeah, hard, definitely yeah. respect the the input. Yeah, fantastic, <laughs> great. Well, I think you know that it's great to find out a bit more about you. Um, you know, pass pass you back to Abby now to to ask uh, what will be the final question for today. Yes, I was going to say, um, I think that rings it rings a bit louder in other people's ears in the office. <laughs> Slightly lazier myself, though. Um, I think for Alistair, it's a more true. Um, he's an avid gym goer. But, um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, brilliant. So we've got one final question for you. Um, and that is, what one piece of advice would you give to someone who's entered the industry and is struggling with diversity and inclusion? I guess... First of all, don't take it personal. That to me was one of the biggest learnings when I, I, I seeked for support um, to female founders and, and female leadership groups. That to me was one of the biggest learnings that I got out of this. It's not about you, who you are. It's not a problem with you. It's, it's systemic. And, and that is, is the first thing that you need to detach yourself from that. Because otherwise, as women, we we tend to punish ourselves a lot. We are very, very um, self-aware. And we, we try and, and make everything around us perfect. Well, you're not going to make everything perfect. Nothing is ever going to be perfect. And that's perfect. And there's nothing wrong with that. So that's the first thing. Don't take it personal. And and don't shut up. <laughs> keep keep saying what you think is right. and And make sure that... You know, I, I hate when people say voices to be heard and, and, you know, use your voice and just and stuff like that. It's just like fist down and just make sure that people are paying attention um, to what you have to say. And and, and yeah, just like it, it, it can be hard if, if you're experiencing some sort of, um, you know, discrimination because of your gender. And sometimes it's difficult to understand it because it's. It's difficult because there's nothing you can do about it, right? It's you're born like this, but it's also so irrational. 
for the person who's doing it, it's it's very they they, they don't see them doing it, right? So I think detaching yourself from the problem it's 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 a huge step forward for sure for sure yep words of wisdom there <laughs> certainly <laughs> thank you so so much maria it's been such a pleasure to have you on um yeah so great to hear your insights and, and i've absolutely loved hearing everything everything about you so that's brilliant thank you so so much thank you guys it's been really fun thank you for listening to the show If you enjoyed it, please do subscribe and give us a rating. It really helps these stories to be found and enjoyed by more people. For more information about NUCO, we can be found at www.nuco-group.com. That's N-E-U-C-O-group.com.